going to ask you to do. Brad's coming home <clears throat> today, and they have three little ones at home. And so what we need <clears throat> are people to step up and provide some meals. Now, my wife, Kathy's going to do Monday. And I've, is there people here that would be willing to step up and get them some food prepared? Okay, what I need to have you do, there's a yellow sheet out there. I think it's out there, Val put. And you can sign up and then talk to Val, and then we'll have to organize and see who's going to do what and when. Amen. Thank you, Caden. So I know that will be a blessing to them, and uh, their household's going to be exciting now for the next few weeks, to say the least. But, you know, I guess the other three could just go stay with Brian, you know, for a month. Do you have that sheet, Val? Okay. So see Val after church, and she'll get your name and kind of organize what we need to do. Amen? Jesus' day is Saturday, August 20th. August 20th. And we have little cards you can hand out, so promote that. If you've got neighbors or kids in the neighborhood, rugrats running around, it's a good opportunity. Amen? Are you awake? Then also, this Tuesday, at Alcorn Valley Bank, Two showings, 5.30 and 7.30 of 2,000 mules. How many have not seen the documentary put together about, how many have not seen 2,000 mules? Let me see your hands. 2,000 mules. Okay. Then what you need to do is you need, you can either go 5.30, it's an hour and a half, and it's 7.30. If you care about your country, if you care about our future as a nation. You need to see this. It's eye-opening, to say the least. Amen. If you have any questions about that, you can ask Tony. It's about the fraudulent voting, and a lot of things were caught on camera, folks. And it's quite apparent what happened. Amen. Then Wednesday service at 7 o'clock. What we're going to do now, we're going to receive... Harvest Church's tithes and offerings. We're going to do that right now. So ushers, if you'd kindly wait upon the people. Raise your hands this morning if you need an envelope. We appreciate you supporting the local church. Amen? Stand up this morning. 
Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. And we invite you, Holy Spirit, to move upon us individually and corporately as a church body. We thank you, Father, what you're doing in our nation in this hour. What you're doing in the local church in this hour. Father, I thank you for the remnant that you've raised up in these last days. It's an honor and a privilege to pastor the remnant. And so, Father, we give you glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Amen.
give you thanks this morning. We're grateful. We honor you, Lord, and we thank you for your presence in this house this morning. All God's people said we're thankful. Amen. You may be seated. Before I get started, tell me what you're thankful for, because that's what I'm going to share just a little bit about today. 
Amen. Yeah. Local, thank you. I like that. What else? Be bold, folks. Freedom. Amen. What else? That is good. I'm thankful. He's still on the throne. Yeah? For his love. Unconditional love. His precious blood washes away all our sin. Amen? Anything else? My babies. Amen. I think Brad and Courtney are thankful for their baby today. Amen. I'm thankful I pastor a a faithful people, a generous people. And the the thing that that, uh, I'm thankful for is the fact that this church is very accepting of people. No matter your background, no matter where you've come from. That's our God. He loves us just the way we are. Amen? Amen. Look in your Bibles, if you would, to John chapter 6. I'll go a little way today, and then we'll probably finish next week. We've been on this subject a long time, folks. And uh, I firmly believe that we have stepped into a new era in the church. It will be supernatural. It will be miraculous. We're going to see signs, wonders, and miracles. Aren't you excited about that? I am. It's not church as usual anymore. Things are changing. And uh, we need to realize that, you know, this is a new wineskin. Sometimes it's hard for, as you get older, to change and make changes and adjustments. You know, sometimes it's harder. I will never get a smart. You will always see me with this. See that? Think I should change? It's taken my, thank you. It's taken my wife. She's still fussing with that thing she got. Amen. I want you, I want to read to you John chapter 6 because this is our text and this is where we've spent a lot of time and we've, we've taken some principles from this. And uh, we're on number 6. But I want to read to you, this is the, The miracle of multiplication, and in verse 1 it says, After these things Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. Then a great multitude followed him because they saw his signs. Why did the multitude follow Jesus? Because they saw signs. Why aren't the multitudes following the church? Because there hasn't been signs. We're the church. Signs, wonders, and miracles should follow God's people. So become sign conscious. Amen? Great multitude followed Jesus because they saw signs which he performed on those who were diseased. And Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. Now the Passover feast of the Jews was near. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes, seeing a great multitude coming toward him. He said to Philip, 
Where shall we buy bread that these may eat? But this he said to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them might have some li- so a little. One of his disciples, Andrew Simon Peter's brother, said to him, there's a lad here. Aren't you glad there was a lad there? Who has five barley loaves and two small fish. But what are they among so many? Then Jesus said, make the people sit down. And there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down in number about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves and when he'd given thanks. And when he'd what? Given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples. And the disciples to those sitting down. And likewise of the fish as much as they wanted. So when they were all filled... He said to his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost. Therefore, they gathered them up, filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which were left over by those who'd eaten. Then those men, when they'd seen the sign that Jesus did, said, this is truly the prophet who has come into the world. Now, we, we started with, with uh, some principles here. I'm gonna, I want to give them to you. And I wrote these down and I used the word must. It says, Harvest Church, number one, must see society's lost sheep, discern their needs, and minister the love and compassion of Jesus Christ to them. Your spiritual eyes, my spiritual eyes, need to be open to people that cross our paths every day. Whether it's you're, you're at high V, whether you're on the job, whatever you're doing, Ask the Holy Spirit, open my eyes that I can see the people that have needs so I can minister to them. Amen? Number two, Harvest Church must raise up leaders who are problem solvers. Men and women with, their, with initiative who can think for themselves, be aware of the situation and come up with viable solutions. Now, Jesus had a couple of disciples that noticed a few things. There's a lot over there, and he's got, you know... A couple fish and some bread. The church in, this, in these last days, we need people who can think for themselves. You know, for so long, you, you lead people along, but there comes a point where you should mature enough in God, you shouldn't have to have the pastor lead you all the time. You and I should grow up God has ordained for us. You say, well, I'm not a leader. Yes, you are. If you're born-again, spirit-filled believer, you're called and ordained of God to be a leader. Now, we're all on different levels of leadership. I understand that. But have the mindset. Take the initiative. If you cease a need, if, if there's a, something in the church that needs to be done, take the initiative. Amen? Number three. In this great time, end-time revival, the church must recognize... And this is so important. That our youth possess the gifts we need. Young people got it. These little ones have it. Amen. And they're going to be anointed with a special grace. So that they can be a blessing to the body of Christ. Number four. The people of Harvest Church must learn to be obedient in their gifts. And use their gifts. Dustin came up here. Strummed on the guitar. Did he have to step out of his comfort zone? Yeah. And folks, in the days ahead, you've got gifts. You need to use them. 
You've got to use your gift. You don't use your gift, folks. You're, you're, you're hurting the body. You're affecting the body of Christ when you don't flow in your gift. I know it's awful quiet, but it's the truth. You say, well, I can't sing. Well, you don't have to sing. You, whatever you can do, start somewhere. Amen? I came in today and washed the front doors. I'm the preacher. But I saw a need. And I did it. Don't wait to be told to do something. If you see a need, start flowing in your gift. And if pastor comes to you and says, I think you got a gift... Well, I don't got a gift. What if, the, what, what if you do? But if you're not willing and obedient to flow in that gift, you're denying yourself a blessing, and you're denying the body of Christ a blessing. You know, this, it's sure quiet in this Presbyterian church today. S- say, I got a gift. I better get with the program. Or I might lose that gift. What number was that? Now, my wife's not here today, so you're going to have to help me. Number five. Harvest Church must learn to effectively organize and delegate. Say organize. Delegate. These are things that we're going to have to do in the days ahead. Now, number six. This is where we're at, and, and uh, I'll read it to you from Matthew 14 because I want to I start there on the, on the miracle multiplications. And this is what he said. It says, And he took the, fi- the five loaves and two fish, and looking up to heaven, say, looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke and gave the loaves to the disciples, and the disciples gave to the multitude. It's, it all begins with, the, the miracle begins with, you know, all these principles are important. But Jesus, what? Looked up, and he blessed. Say blessed. And the other trans, the other gospel says, he gave thanks. Say gave thanks. Now, we talked to you last week about ten lepers. You remember? How many came back and gave thanks? Fell at the feet of one. Okay, and we also told you that last week was preventative medicine that uh, in 2 Timothy 3, it says basically at the end of the age, people were going to be unthankful. Not just the world, but the church in the end of the age would become unthankful. We said unthankful and unholy are connected. You, you know, we're not going to take the time to read it, but it's in 2 Timothy 3. So when you and I stop expressing our thankfulness to God, this will lead to unholy attitudes and unholy behavior. Don't forget that. If you're unthankful, it's hooked to unholiness and then unholy behavior. Then in Luke chapter 6 and 30, verse 35, Jesus said, The Father, He blesses the what? The, the, the good people and also the evil, the unthankful and the evil. And here Jesus connects unthankfulness with evil. So, folks, we can't be unthankful. Amen. 
Now, let me tell you something today. There are people gone here. I'm, I'm just going to stop. This is, I'm going to work in the days ahead. You're not going to get anything from me unless you put a pull on my gift. When key leaders are gone, it affects the corporate anointing. And I sense it today. If you're just here to take up an hour to put in your time, forget it. You've got to put a pull on the gift. Or my gift won't flow. So you've got to put a pull on it. You, under, you understand what I'm saying? You've got to hook up. You've got you to hook up spiritually. When you walk through that door, bless God. You know, well, Abe's gone. Well, so what? You've got to hook your faith up with the preacher, with the Holy Ghost, and put a pull. I'm going to receive. You can't, if everybody came through that door today with an attitude, I'm going to receive from God today. I'm going to enter into worship this day. I'm going to be a blessing to the body this day. But see, we come through the door distracted. Amen. So I'll st- that was just free. Amen. Listen, folks, I, I ain't going to wait. I'm not going to miss worse in- words in the days ahead. I don't have time. Either we come to church, hook up. And I realize, I mean, worship was different. But you've got to flow with that. You've got to be sensitive to the anointing of God and the Spirit of God. See, I, I was praying today, God, what do you want? And you know what he spoke to me? Preach my word. That's all he said. So I'm preaching. But you've got to put a pull on the gift. I'm going to receive from the preacher. I'm going to receive from the word of the Lord today. I'll never forget Ed Dufresne. When we were at the... What was Ramada Inn? That's where we were meeting for a year at church. Had all our equipment stolen. It was it was a it was a journey that year. Ed Dufresne came. The prophet of God came. We had a good group of people. Got all done. He shut the Bible, walked off the stage, and left. I thought, oh, here I'm bringing in the guest speaker, and he leads. Didn't say a word to me. Left. And so I'm, I'm young. I'm pretty green back then, but I had a heart. I wanted to make sure the man of God was blessed. So I go knock on his door. And he told me earlier he needed a bathrobe. He'd forgotten his bathrobe. So I went out and bought him a bathrobe. Took it, and I'll never forget it. Went to the door, and he, was, he, he had this way he could smile. He just smiled, and I said, is everything all right? Well, come to find out was the Spirit of God was grieved because the people were insensitive to the anointing of God, and they, they weren't putting a pole on the gift. And instead of him losing his temper, he just shut the Bible, walked off, went to his room. And I learned something that day. Folks, when in the days ahead, <laughs> by the time you leave the house and you drive to church, start praying. Make sure your heart's attitude is right. Make sure you're not in strife with your mate. Make sure you're not offended with somebody. Guard your heart, for out of it flow the issues of life. If you and I don't guard our heart, there's no life flowing. 
See, God spoke to me. Yeah, last year he said, marshal the troops or marshal the forces. That's exactly what I'm doing right now. I'm trying to get you ready for what's coming. And it all begins with how you think and your attitude towards whatever. You've got to really make sure you're hooked up. Amen. Say, I'm hooked up. Amen. I'm, see, that was better. And see, when I'm preaching or teaching or Kathy's up here or here, somebody's up there, show Amen. Well, that's, that's, I'll take that. We need a couple of those today. I'll clue you. It's life. Life. Where there's life, there's joy. There's excitement. Do you know why God called my wife and I here to this area? Because we're from this area. We're German. And we're unemotional people. And I look out at you, I swear. Sprechen Sie Deutsch? Because, but you, then you'll go to some churches and, you know, I need about a dozen black folk here. Because they know how to worship. They know how to enter in. We, that's part of the old wineskin folks we got to throw off. You hear me, you old stoic German people? We're going to have to throw. Yeah, you do, don't you? You're going to have to throw some of that away. Amen? Well, I want to thank all of you for coming today. (laughs) We're just real loose here today, and we're talking. So it's kind of a mom-and-pop talk. So I'm glad you're here. You can sit right up front. Get close enough. I'm just telling this group of people that when they come to church, they need to come expecting. They need to come and put a pull on the preacher's gift. They need to come with the right heart's attitude. We let the world and everyday affairs spoil us when it comes to Sunday service. Because we're so worn out. We're so distracted. Been through a battle. You know, folks, learn how to get through a battle. Learn how to fight the good fight of faith. Don't be weak and wimpy. Scripture says, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. I'm looking to pastor a strong, spiritually militant group of people. But, Pastor, you don't know how hard it is. Oh, grow up. Yeah, sit down. Grow up. I don't know if you really do know what's coming. I don't think some of you have a clue spiritually what God is going to do in the days ahead. I like you too. There's something about you. There's a leadership gift in you. I like the way you smile. I like your eyes. You, I like the way you shake my hand. When I, you're going to shake a hand, shake a hand. That guy shakes hands. They're, they're, new to, they're new to the church. They've been coming. How many of you even talked to them? Ask their name. Good. God's doing something in your lives. 
I'm excited for you. I wish he'd call me out and say he's excited about me. Well, then get with the program. Some of your old wineskins need to become new wineskins. Amen? I got off on a target, but I, or on a tangent, but I feel better now. I feel like, no, I feel, because I did that, the spiritual atmosphere shifted. So now it's easier for me to talk. I hate that. I'm not going to let the devil keep me from preaching the word of God, any religious devil or anything else. Any, you know, you remember the guy on uh, the Muppets, those two that sat up in the balcony? I don't pastor people like that. You can come once, but I'll tell you what, you better get your poop in a group. Change your heart's attitude. Learn how to smile. Learn how to enter in. Amen. Thank you. Now I'm lost. I don't even know where I'm. I got off on a tangent. Number six. Thank you. Harvest Church must recognize that prayer that blesses and expresses thanksgiving to God always say always, precedes a miracle. And we saw this, I just read it to you in in Matthew 14, it says, and he took the five loaves, two fish, looking up to heaven, Jesus blessed and broke and gave the loaves to the disciples, and the disciples gave to the multitudes. Now that word bless is in the Greek is E-U-L-O-G-I-A. It's a compound of the words E-U, which means good, are to swell our positive emotion. Logos is word. We all know that. When these two words are compounded together to, to eulogia, it means to say good or positive things. Say that with me. Say good or positive things. To give a blessing is to act kindly and impart benefits to the one being blessed. To give a blessing. Now, did Jesus bless the bread and the fish? That word in the Greek means to act kindly and impart benefits to the one being blessed. This word in the Greek is where we get the word eulogy. How many of you know, have you ever heard of eulogy? Where do you usually hear a funeral? Now, yesterday I was at a funeral. And I got to be careful. And uh, sat down, and I was looking around, and I, my gosh, it was a beautiful church. Have you ever sat in a church, and you look at the stained glass windows, and the cathedral, it just was gorgeous. And the first thing I noticed when I walked in, the funeral directors were acting really confused. And, you know, when a funeral director or an attendant is acting that way, that's, that doesn't impart much confidence. Then we, I went and sat down and got the hymnal out, and they sang three hymns, which I knew and liked. This person that had passed away was 93 years old. And I sat for 30 minutes, and I'm usually pretty tolerant. 
because being a preacher isn't easy. I don't care if you're a denominational preacher or you're a non-denominational. It's not an easy gig, folks. But I have never been to a funeral that caused me so much frustration and anger. The individual that passed away wasn't even eulogized. They didn't even give a eulogy over this woman. Giving a background, what she'd done, how she lived her lives, the grand nothing. It was boom, 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 boom. See ya. And I thought to myself, see, it was good for me. I don't care how long you've been preaching. It was good for me to realize I can do better. When someone goes, you need to take time and give them a eulogy, folks. <laughs> and I left there and I, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. I am where I am. Now, here's a spiritual truth. So when you bless, you eulogize, you want to say something Good. Amen? Jesus spoke a blessing over five loaves and two fish. Now, was that amount of food sufficient for that multitude? Do the math. Jesus spoke a blessing over five loaves and two fish. That was insufficient. But, everyone say but. But it became more than enough to feed a multitude of people. Now, listen to what I'm about to tell you. If you're lacking something in your life, what could you lack in your life? Money? Relationships? Have you ever experienced lack? If you're lacking something in your life, finances, relationships, self-confidence, self-worth, then declare and decree the opposite and expect a miracle. Declare and decree the opposite and expect a miracle. Would you agree with that? Now, I'm going to jump to Romans 4. I'm going to overlook some things. I want to get to this scripture. Look at Romans 4, please. So whatever you're lacking today, Jesus and the disciples and the multitude, they were lacking, but he blessed. Everyone say blessed. He gave thanks. They gave thanks. And then there was a miracle. Then there was a miracle. Let me ask you something. Look at Colossians 4 as you're turning there. Have you ever complained? How many have ever complained? How many of you, how many would be honest and say you complained about something this week? We're all guilty of that, aren't we? A complaining tongue will not experience a miracle. But a tongue that blesses and gives thanks will. Remember that. I don't want you to see something. 
And this is, this is all so good in, in uh, Romans chapter 4. And this is about Abraham. And let me start with uh, verse 13. For the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void and promise made of no effect, because the law brings about wrath, for where there's no law, there's no transgression. Verse 16. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but those to, the, to those who are the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all, as it is written, I have made you father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed, God who gives life to the dead. Now listen, folks. God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Who contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken. So shall your descendants be. Now look at verse 19. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead. Now listen. You want to know what weak faith is? Weak faith is when you consider your circumstances. Weak faith is when you consider your physical ailments or symptoms. That's what weak faith is. And not being weak in faith, Abraham did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old. Can you imagine having a child at a hundred years old? And the deadness of Sarah's womb. Can you imagine looking at her and thinking, you're going to have a baby with that woman? I looked in the mirror the other day and I thought, my God, what happened? I was serious. Rich, you remember when you were young? How you felt? You know. I look in the mirror today and I see spots on my face. My hair is thinning. Now I look at old men, and I, especially ones that have hair, and I'm jealous. You know, you, you, Mike, Mike Keys, we talk. We're just real. We talk. And he just says, it's, it's just no fun getting old. I don't feel like I did when I was 30. Even... Five years ago, I was, now it's, huh, huh, getting out of bed in the morning. But but you don't have to think that way. After going through this kidney stone and all that catheter stuff, and I'm thinking, oh, God, just take me home. Is this all I got to look forward to, dragging a catheter around? Well, God's not done with me, and he's not done with you yet. So Abraham, he could have looked at his body and looked at the woman next to him and said, my God, and you think, I'm going to have a kid? He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. Now listen. But was strengthened in faith. Say that. Strengthened in faith giving glory to God and being fully convinced that he, that he had promised, he also was able to perform. Therefore, it was accounted 
to him unto righteousness. See, weak faith is going to consider the circumstances. Strong faith, now this is what strong faith is. We're talking about how Jesus blessed and then he gave thanks. Strong faith will always give thanks to God. Say that with me. Strong faith will always give thanks to God. See, you know, Cain's going to Ramah. I went to Ramah. I sat under Dr. Hagen, the, you know, the great apostle of faith. And he taught so much on faith. And we pray the prayer of faith. You pray that once. But this is, this is, the, this is so important. The key to that is you believe God and use your faith and ask God for it. But what you do from then on is thank him. That's it. You thank him. Thank you, Lord, I can go to the bathroom. I'm just talking to you from where I was at. Thank you, Lord, I can do this. Thank you, Lord, I can do that. (laughs) Micah, thank you, Lord, I got a woman out there. God's got a woman for me. And she's a hottie. That's right. That's right. You don't keep going, God, give me a wife. God, give me a wife. You use your faith. Father, I thank you. The seed of a righteous man is blessed. I'm blessed. I'm serving you. I'm a tither. The devourer is rebuked. Amen. So, Father, I thank you for the woman that you have created just for me. <coughs> Did Joan get up the next day and ask him that again? All you do from now on is thank you, Father, for the perfect mate you've provided for me. But what I would tell you is be specific. Blonde brunette, great figure, intelligent, (coughs) smart. Be specific every day. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You're standing and believing God for something. Just have our attitude of thanksgiving. (coughs) Now listen. This is important. Thanksgiving is the voice of faith that thanks God for the answer before it comes. Some of you should write that down. It's good. Thanksgiving is the voice of faith. Say that. (coughs) Thanksgiving is the voice of faith. (coughs) Thanksgiving, excuse me, is the voice of faith that thanks God for the answer before it comes. Is that what Abraham did? It was accounted unto him as righteousness. It It was accounted unto him as strong faith, not weak faith. (coughs) Excuse me. How many of you even believe in God for anything right now? I hope so. I hope you're using your faith. Well, have an attitude that thanks God. I thank God. We have a wonderful worship team. I've got a prayer written. I, I write prayers as supplication. I've done that through the years when there's a need. I write it down and I put the scriptures down that support it. And then I thank God for it. I thank God it wasn't long before Paige got up there on stage and sang. Now we got Dustin up there. 
You call those things and be not as though they were. You need something in your life to materialize. You need something, then start thanking God for it. I'll use you as an example, or both of you for that matter. Do you ever need employees? <laughs> Not just employees, honest, integrity, character. Thank you, Father. And then every day, thank you, Lord, for these employees. Thank you, Lord, for this. But be specific what you're asking God for. Don't just make it a general prayer. I want this, 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 and this. And then thank him for it. Thanksgiving is the voice of faith. So important. Amen? Now I'm done. I quit. I got all kinds of stuff, but I hope you got something. Don't you dare come through those doors in the future without expecting God to speak through the preacher. Don't you dare walk through those doors with a stinking attitude that won't enter into worship. Deal with your attitude and your strife before you come in here. Let's stand up. I don't know if I said anything or not. But I did notice a shift after I stopped. Oh, Holy Spirit, we're all works in progress, especially the preacher. Thank you for that one, amen. If I didn't love you like a son, you keep me humble. Did you get anything today? What did you get? Help me. What did you learn? One, one at a time. Come on, help me. Speak up. Okay, you've got Thanksgiving is the voice of faith. What? Call those things that be not as though they were. I call Harvest Church alive unto God. Doing great supernatural feats for God. Signs, wonders, and miracles following them every day. They have the best jobs, the best marriages. They have the best incomes. They're, they're a blessed people, and you've blessed them in order for them to be a blessing to others. I call the people of Harvest Church soul winners. See? Call those things that be not as though they were. You don't like your mate, then start calling her or him the opposite. Father, I bless this body today. Thank you, Lord, they've heard your word. Now, I call them doers of your word and not hearers only. Lord, I call them strong and bold as lions. They're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And you've not given them a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound, disciplined mind. Greater is he in the people of Harvest Church than he that is in the world. The people of Harvest Church, they will not compromise, but they'll stand on your word. And when the storms of life come, they will not be defeated. For you've ordained for them to overcome in this life. Father, I pray your kingdom come and your will be done in all of their lives, individually, in their families. I call them blessed spiritually, blessed physically, blessed financially. They're prospering, they're in health, and their souls are prospering in the name of Jesus. And they'll not come behind in any good gift. 
Oh, Father, I thank you for blessing them this day in Jesus' name. Amen. Anyone here today, you need prayer for your physical body. You're sick in your physical body. Amen. Amen. Okay. Every day is going to get better. Amen. Okay, who's going to come pray for him? <laughs> You're going to find folks. I'm going to put you out there. Thank you for being obedient. You need healing, then you use your, use your faith. Amen. What are we praying for? Oh, thank you. Okay. Father, we curse this melanoma cancer in the name of Jesus for her employer. Lord, you're a miracle-working God. Thank you, Lord, you give the doctors wisdom and skill in dealing with this. In Jesus' name, we lose healing, health, and strength and peace. We take authority over fear and lose faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes, Miss Rachel. Tendon and a shoulder. Anybody here had shoulder issues and were healed? Okay, come on up here. Okay, ladies, you can go sit down now. It's the men's time. <laughs> what shoulder were you healed? Okay. And which shoulder did you have a problem with? Okay. The right one. Interesting. You had the left one. Well, go sit down. No, it's okay. I'm just, just <laughs> Learn to have fun in church, folks. Okay, Father, let's pray for. Father, in the name of Jesus, we loose healing anointing and command this shoulder to be made whole. Tendons, ligaments, muscles come in line in the name of Jesus, for healing is in the name. So, Lord, we're expecting, Lord God, supernatural recovery in the days ahead. For Rachel, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, man. Thank you, ladies. Amen. Yeah, would you tell, tell them, remind them, because they sheep forget. <laughs>
you help him. What's his first name? Father, we pray today. We thank you, Father, that you have worked a miracle in Adam's life and in his heart. But Lord, more than anything, more importantly, is his spiritual heart. Lord, if he's not made Jesus Christ his Lord and Savior, we pray his heart be softened, that laborers will cross his path, that, Lord God, he will resist no longer, but receive the knowledge of the truth. And, Father, we thank you for continuing to strengthen his heart in the days ahead. Spiritually and physically, we give you praise and thanksgiving in Jesus' name. That's a good report. Prayer works, folks. Now, surprise yourself. (laughs) Surprise your preacher. Go out this week. Thank God every day. Do something for somebody. Witness and share Jesus with somebody. Pray for the sick. Do something. I had a kid yesterday at the antique show, and they they didn't have much. I could you can tell when people don't have much. And he comes in, he looks at my in my um, cabinet where I had all my stuff. And he sees a knife, a little pocket knife, and I opened it up and I said, "Which knife are you looking at?" He says, "That one." I says, "Here, it's yours." And he and he looked at me and I said, "But don't you dare take it to school." <laughs> he probably will. I don't know. Just bless, and I'm going to, one more thing, and you can go. Do something that bless the next generation. The children, the teens, give them money. Sow a seed. Buy them a gift. Put your arm around it. Do something to show the Father you believe the preacher in investing in the next generation. Amen. God bless you. Sign up for, for food for... Brad and Courtney. Thank you, everybody.